Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Again, I'm in a little different type of uh, situation, so if it sounds different, forgive me, <clears throat> but I think it's still working. So let's look at uh, what we've been examining this, the last several episodes, which is uh, the giftedness of the Holy Spirit, what the Lord has done and what he continues to do within his body. And we've looked at several passages, which we'll sort of recap probably in the next episode. But I want to finish the first uh, 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians today and we're going to start with uh, verse 36 and it says this was it from you that the word of god first went forth and that's a question or has it come to you only <clears throat> and so that's an interesting question and it uh, both those questions sort of stick out like well what is he talking about remember the context and the context was that he's speaking about spiritual gifts, but apparently there had been some type of uh, stress that had come about because of, shall we say, competition uh, between uh, the gifts of prophesying and the gifts of tongues. And in all likelihood, in the demonstrative nature of both those things. And Paul has told him and repeatedly in several different ways that uh, the gifts are given for exhortation, that we are to walk in uh, deference to one another and honor to one another. Uh, remember, one of the examples was with uh, prophecy, that if someone is up prophesying, if they're teaching, if they're doing whatever, and someone else receives revelation about that, then let the first one sit down and let the next one continue on. So what he's saying is this, hey, did the Word of God come to you first? Well, no, it didn't. And has it only come to you? Well, no, it hasn't. Then why in the world are you acting the way that you're acting. Well, look what he says in the next verse, verse 37. If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize that the things which I write to you are the Lord's commandments. <laughs> and so he said, okay, you got somebody there who thinks they're spiritual, who thinks they're a prophet, <coughs> excuse me, who thinks they're a function within that, then, well, here's the deal. If they truly are, then they will recognize that the things which I'm writing to you are from the Lord. The corollary, which is not ex exactly studied forthrightly, but it's about to be in just a second, <laughs> is that uh, if they disagree with this and they say that this is not of the Lord, then you can know they're not really speaking as a prophet or they're not speaking prophetically or they're not speaking from the Spirit. Oh, yeah, they're speaking from some Spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. So let me read that again, verse 37. If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize that the things which I write to you are the Lord's commandments. But if anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So he's saying, if someone says that I'm wrong and if this isn't the Lord's commandment, Paul is just sort of crazy, then you can know that that's not truly the Holy Spirit that is speaking. Now, that's some boldness right there. But Paul could speak boldly like that because he had the word of the Lord. And I think that goes to some things within our own lives today, folks. So many don't uh, speak boldly because they don't have the word of the Lord. They have the word of man. They function in the defensive defensiveness of man. They function within the fear of man. Uh, I see it. Uh, I can nearly say on a daily basis where people are far more concerned about what man will think than what God will think, that people are far more concerned with being seen as uh, being intelligent, with being seen as knowing what it is 
than really knowing what the truth is. Okay, and that's what he's saying right here. If some you, you'll recognize them for who they are. Now, the last couple of verses, and it's a, a, a time of conclusion. Verse thirty-nine. Therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, and do not forbid to speak in tongues. Remember how this chapter started? He said, I wish that you all prophesied. He said, I wish every one of you, it's good to desire the gifts. And he said, but it's best to exhort and it's best to, the only way to exhort is where somebody can understand what you're saying. And Paul said, you know, I speak in tongues more than all of y'all. But if I know that if I don't have the interpretation or there's not going to be somebody to interpret it, then I'd much rather speak five words that they will understand than 10,000 words in the tongue. And so when you read all that, it's really easy to jump to conclusions and say, oh, okay, then we don't ever need to do the tongues things. No. He says here, earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues. It is point blank. Do not forbid to speak in tongues. But I, I could take you to church after church after church after church to where it's forbidden. And it's been forbidden for so many generations now that people don't even consider it to be an option in any form. And if someone does say something about this, or if you if you find out that somebody in your body has been gifted by the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues, then they're viewed to be sort of strange and you have to keep an eye on them. And that's totally wrong. So, again, the last two verses. Therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, and do not forbid to speak in tongues, but all things must be done properly and in an orderly manner. What is the properly part? The properly part is what we said at the beginning. Walking in honor and in deference to one another, encouraging, exhorting one another in the Spirit, in an orderly manner, it's not in an orderly manner that a lot of times we want it to be an orderly manner. We're thinking of a worship guide or an order of service, that kind of thing. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is to be done in a way to where everybody will benefit, where everybody can hear, where everybody can experience. And he's talking about the corporate worship time. And so I, I'm, I'm just really in, in uh it's encouraging and intriguing at the same time when you read these passages because the same things that we face day in and day out now within the body of Christ were the same things that the church at Carmouth was experiencing right here. So, as I always say, take these things before the Lord. Read the passage. Meditate upon them. Ask Him. Ask Him for the truth and see what He says. Again, I'm Dale. I thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you again next time. <music>